When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are at First Energy Stadium, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bast, Icon, Dan Lobby. The Browns 29-17 winners over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are now 2-1 on the season and at least for a few days. Get to say that they are in first place in the AFC North, uh, pending what Baltimore does on Sunday. So, uh, listen, Mary Kay, you, we were asked on the Hey MK podcast, was this a must-win game? And you, of course, are a must-win purist. So you are not going to concede that this was a must-win game. I still don't expect you to concede that, but this was a super important game for this team to win because it would have been a long 10 days had they lost this football game. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, they needed it not only for the standings, but just for the emotional comeback and the significance of rebounding from that horrible loss to the Jets. I mean, that was historic. That hadn't happened in 21 years. And I think it was it really was a blessing in disguise that they only had to sit with it for a couple of days. They only had one full day of practice. Uh, they had to quickly get their act together. And they did it. And I thought the uh, defensive uh, players team meeting on Tuesday was vitally important. I think it was necessary. And I think they pulled together they came out here, and they did what they had to do. They got their fans back on their side. All is well in the world when you beat the Steelers. I mean, Ashley, it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. It kind of looked like Thursday night games look. This was like the stereotypical <laughs> Thursday night football game. But, I mean, when you're this football team, especially after what happened Sunday, you just got to find a way to win. Yeah, when they went up two scores, I think I tweeted a joke referencing a Taylor Swift song where she <laughs> says, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. And that was all I could think about. And then, of course, the Steelers try to get an onside kick. Um, the Browns did knock the ball out of bounds, but the point was kind of moot because George Pickens was offsides for the Steelers. And, of course, we see them try to get a first down, and they, they can't get it in the closing seconds. So the Steelers have one last shot. They're doing all kinds of crazy laterals. I'm like, this is about to be a play that we see for the next 10 years. Um, and then, of course, it, it ended with the defense making a play, which I think was just kind of the icing on the cake that Denzel Ward recovers the ball and gets a touchdown. They're a defensive touchdown. That was the question we talked about in our preview pod. What team would be more likely to get a defensive touchdown? And the Browns lucked into it in the final seconds. So the defense in the first half, not incredible. Um, first two possessions, a punt and a missed field goal uh, by Pittsburgh. And then back-to-back touchdowns uh, for, for Pittsburgh to go into the, the um, half leading 14-13. to 13. And again, there was a Cade York missed extra point, And it did start to feel like, okay, this is... Not going to end well for the Browns. But then you look in the second half, it goes punt, 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 punt for Pittsburgh. And I thought the, the stop at 231 um, when Pittsburgh took over and the Browns had just taken the lead and they come out and they forced the three and out. And I know Deontay Johnson kind of dropped that ball, but Denzel Ward was in really good coverage on the deep throw. 
I thought that was sort of a turning point for this defense. And then they forced another three and out with Pittsburgh backed up at the six-yard line. There was just the defense responded today, and they got the stops when they needed to get the stops in this football game. They really did. And you know what? There were three straight three and outs by the defense. And this is a pretty talented and spirited Pittsburgh football team. I mean, they have some some guys over there, okay? I mean, you've got uh, Deontay Johnson is very good, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, and Najee Harris was running his tail off today. I mean, that was a violent run on that touchdown. So, you know, these and Mitch Trubisky actually made some really yeah. nice throws today. So, um, so I actually thought that, that the Steelers were better than I expected them to be. But the Browns did exactly what they needed to do. They got those three three and outs, as you mentioned. Uh, that, that was a turning point there where they just went on, you know, when they went on like shutdown road. They held them to three points in the second half. They held them to one for nine on third down in the game. That's huge. They were getting them off the field. So that was vitally, vitally important. And then, um, you know, as you guys mentioned, they, uh, you know, they came up with the big defensive stop at the end. I thought Denzel Ward on Deontay Johnson one-on-one was good, really good today. And he needed to come out and have a really good game. So all in all, the defense came through when they needed to. And, you know, Ashley, I don't know that it's fixed necessarily. I mean, we'll see Atlanta has been really good on offense. Um, and then you've got it. Then you start to get into the real teeth of the schedule. But at least you feel better about things after this game. You didn't see the big communication breakdowns. You didn't see him giving up big plays all over the place. You at least come away. You know, Miles Garrett didn't get his sack, but he was in the backfield yeah. a lot. So you saw really good things from this defense. Yeah, and the one thing going forward that I'm curious about, and I don't know if we were planning to touch on this quickly or not, but it ties in, is the fact that they lose Anthony Walker Jr. to – a significant leg injury was carted off the field. We saw him leaving the locker room on crutches with that leg, left leg stabilized. But he's such a key part of this defense because he is that main green sticker guy for them. He's the one who's getting the calls in from the sidelines and relaying them to the entire defense. And we've talked about, eh, should it be Walker? Should it be JJ3 who did it last year after Anthony got hurt um, and is also very good in that role, even though he's not a Mike linebacker. But Anthony Walker Jr. is a vocal leader on this team. I think he was going to be crucial as they, you know, were working through these communication issues and going forward. So now it's a matter of waiting to see how long he's going to be out and if they can now really take that next man up mentality while still fixing these communication issues without such a vocal guy there. But, you know, credit to Jacob Phillips. He came in after Walker left. And I thought after maybe a rough first half, he yeah. made a couple plays there in the second half. And, and now the spotlight's going to be on him, whether he's the green sticker guy or not. The spotlight's going to be on him in the middle of that defense. Um, and, and he's a guy that they like, and he's a guy that was doing a lot of first-team work during training camp. It was actually a little surprising he didn't win that job uh, out of the gate. But, yeah, Mary Kay, the loss of Anthony Walker certainly deserves a little bit of time here on this podcast. It's, it's a big, big loss. And... I don't know if he's done for the season or if he's just going to be out a while, but it was it looked to be a serious injury. Yeah, it did look to be a serious injury. When you're going out, on, first of all, when you get carted off, yeah. I mean, that's always a, a big sign that things are not going well. Um, and then when you leave the stadium on crutches with your legs stabilized, uh, you know, it seems to be a little bit more than a sprain, which is what Kevin Stavansky called it 
afterwards. I don't think it did, seeing him in the light did not look like a spare. Yeah, I don't think that's doing it justice. So, I, you know, I, I just don't think that that's what it's going to turn out to be. Um, I believe that, um, you know, I mean, he could be done for the season. And that's really unfortunate because he is an inspirational leader of this football team. He is, as you guys have already mentioned, he is a field general. He's a green dot, green sticker guy most of the time. Um, and I think he's been playing really well this season, really well. I think originally they thought that Jacob, from the outset, was going to replace Anthony Walker as the starter, and Anthony outplayed him. Anthony just went out and seized that job and wasn't going to let it go. And I think the competition brought out the best in him, and I do think that this is a big loss. I think Kevin Stefanski, I mean, he even noted in his press conference that if, which also leads me to believe he's probably gone for, done for the season or close to it. I mean, when Kevin says this is a huge loss, you yeah. know that this is this is big. And to your point about him winning the starting job, like I'll remind people, he missed a good portion of the beginning of training camp with a groin injury that was kind of nagging. It was a non-football injury, and he still won that starting job. So that kind of told you the the state of things, I guess, going into it. It kind of amplifies everything of what he means to this defense. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about some performances on the offensive side of the ball in this Browns win. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Let's start with Jacoby Brissett. He has played two really good back-to-back games. And today, 21 of 31, 220 yards, two touchdowns, a 109.6 rating, a game even better than last week's. And I, I mean, I said after last week's game, that might be the best game you get out of Jacoby Brissett. And he came out four days later and played even better. I thought there was a play, I, I wish I could remember exactly, it was actually a play where he took a sack, and the Browns were kind of trying to run out the clock late in the game, and he drops back, and nobody's open, and he just kind of takes a sack. And I'm not sure that he necessarily wanted to take a sack, but it was like, hey, he didn't make the big mistake. He, they lived to see another down, they, they punted, and they let their defense come on the field. And it just... This sort of speaks to why the Browns wanted to move on from Baker Mayfield, Mary Kay, and why they were ready to move on from Baker and why yes. this offense is working right now in part because you have a quarterback that, you know, maybe he's not making huge play after huge play down the field, but he's also not making the huge mistakes. That is very true. And one thing that he is doing really well is connecting with Amari Cooper. I mean, those two guys are really developing a really nice rhythm. Uh, so I think that's helping a lot. I mean, I look out there and I think, I mean, could you imagine last year if they had Jacoby Brissett instead of Baker Mayfield, right? <laughs> imagine I mean, in the Green Bay game alone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it really makes you stop and think that, you know, the Browns put up with some bad quarterback play over the last few years. I mean, in a game like this, you can see where – 
you know, someone who can manage the game. But he did more than that today. He had a lot of zip on the ball. He had a really nice connection with, uh, with Amari. He had a very good connection with David Njoku, who's starting to kind of heat up. You kind of saw the potential that David Njoku has in this offense. Um, but you've got to give a ton of credit to Jacoby. He's going to have a nice uh, rating. He's going to climb up in the ratings this week. He was already, I think, 12th or something like that, or 15th in rating uh, heading into this game. So he's going to climb up uh, even more uh, to end up with a 109.6. And this is exactly what they needed from him. This is the kind of quarterback play that they needed. And I almost feel like he understands that this could be his last chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You never know. Yeah. I think that's why he got so emotional after yeah. that Carolina game because it's a guy who there is something to be said about in terms of a guy and his personality who is an offensive leader at this point in time that he appreciates being out there. And mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not going to be good enough and sometimes a guy just doesn't have the talent. But I think Jacoby Brissett is doing just enough right now to make this thing work, and we're seeing it every week. Well, then there's something to be said about knowing who you are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like, he knows who he is. He knows what his role is right now. He knows he's keeping that seat warm for Deshaun, and he knows what the expectations are for him. And it's, again, he's going to take a sack on third down instead of turning the football over. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the things that are making this offense kind of work right now. And Another thing about Jacoby, I th- I thought the quintessential Jacoby moment in this game was when he gained the, seven, the six yards on the keeper and he pumped his fist <laughs> at the crowd. And it was just like we always think of him as sort of kind of a, a reserved guy a little yeah. bit, you know, not really flashy or whatever. But that was just such a cool moment. It showed to me that, uh, you know, that he is comfortable here, that he's comfortable with this football team that he likes the way that the offense, you know, is is tailored to his strengths and he's playing with a lot of confidence. And to me the quintessential Jacoby postgame moment, the fact that he showed up to his press conference in a Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller shirt. Like that's just awesome. Like it's awesome for a quarterback to do that and recognize how good his offensive line is because those guys played their tails off today and just about every game. Yeah, and Joel said Jacoby came up to him and asked permission if uh, can could he wear the shirt to the press conference. And of course, Joel gave <laughs> also Joel awesome. Gave Where, did he give him the shirt? Like no, he... no, he said he did not give him the shirt. I okay. guess Jacoby had it. I don't know. I, I don't know the background. Even more of, awesome. Of the shirt. Yeah, it's, <laughs> very uh, funny. It's incredible. Um, and Joku, uh, nine nine catches, eighty nine yards on ten targets. Cooper, seven catches on eleven targets, one hundred one yards. Both scored a touchdown. Not a lot else in the passing game, so they really needed those two, Mary Kay. But you know, this was a this was a very encouraging game from David and Joku. This was him, you know, showing that athleticism. They got him the ball in a variety of ways. Um, he didn't drop the ball. I don't think he had a drop today. I think the one missed target he went up and kind of got upended. It was a, it was a really tough catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a really good day. He was reliable. And Amari Cooper, I mean. I, I don't understand how Amari Cooper cost the Browns a fifth round pick. I don't. I don't get it. Well, they were. I, they were planning on just cutting him anyway. So that was really a, a situation where they just were able to grab him at a very bargain basement price because everybody knew that they were going to uh, part ways with him. And I'm sure that Jerry Jones cannot be loving this. I mean, he can't be loving what Amari Cooper is doing. I mean to. To kind of throw Amari under the bus the way that the, the Cowboys did, 
uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't see how you do that to a player that, that plays football like that. I mean, come on. But anyways, um, I digress. So Amari, they left him one-on-one a lot today, and I was surprised about that. I mean, they thought they could cover him one-on-one, and you just really can't do that. They were playing a lot of man defense. I just don't think uh, that that, you know, that that's effective against Amari, and he made them pay. He made them pay, but he is really good. I mean, he is just really good. He's smart, and I got him uh, talking a little bit about his chemistry and his connection with Jacoby afterwards, and he talked about how, you know, they're both from South Florida, and so they just kind of, they have a vibe. They kind of yeah. have a natural rapport. And I think he really, really likes playing with Jacoby. And, I mean, Ashley, you watch out there, and it's just like, how is he open? How is he doing? You just, it just reminds you how good he actually is. The, the one deep ball, I think it was actually on the play when they had the 11-play, the 80-yard drive, and they, ran, they only threw the ball once. I think that was the play where... He kind of was covered, but then he ran sort of underneath the safety and came open. It was a really nice yeah. route. It was just, and you, you see it, just play after play with him. Yeah, and a play like that, suddenly it's a 32-yard yeah. gain that's just like manufactured. And Dan, I know you brought this up the other day on one of our podcasts. I don't remember which one, but there are guys in this league who you watch, and Amari Cooper is one, like Travis Kelsey is another, where you're like, Oh, didn't they game plan for, for Travis Kelsey or didn't they game plan for Amari Cooper? And it's like, yeah, they did, but these guys are just so good, they know how to get open. And I know Mary Kay turned to me in the middle of the game and brought up, I can't believe they're only sending a single guy at Amari Cooper, and it's true. But because he is a guy who is going to figure out a way to get open, even if there's some crazy zone that is hard to read or the coverage is changing... He's going to figure it out then, so he really is going to take advantage in a game plan like this one. Well, it's going to be interesting because we'll save this for our podcast tomorrow when we really dig more into this game, but um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, one catch for 10 yards. David Bell, one catch for six. That's it. There was not a lot at receiver. Now, they didn't spread out a lot today. They had, I mean, there were times when it was like 10 guys on the line and Jacoby Brissett behind them and a running back, so... They didn't really spread things out a lot today, but, you know, Mary Kay, there's not a lot happening at receiver right now behind Amari Cooper, and that might be concerning when when they face some tougher defenses and some tougher secondaries in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, we saw in the first game that Donovan was able to come through. So I do think he's got it in him for sure. It's just a matter of getting, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of getting the opportunities. I mean, he only got three targets today. If – they had been giving them Donovan and leaving him available. Uh, you know, I think he probably would have had a significant um, more number of targets. But um, yeah, they're going to have to get some of these other guys going. But hey, you know, from week to week, whatever works is what they're going to do. And Jacoby is going to get the ball to the open man, whoever that happens to be, and. Quite often, it's going to be Amari Cooper. And the last thing here, we got to talk about this run game. Just great again. Nick Chubb, 23 for 113 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 12 for 47. Um, Jacoby Brissett, 3 for 11. <laughs> so 171 yards on the ground, 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, just another impressive performance in this run game. And uh, I'm, I'm going to write about this at some point here. They, this 11-play, 80-yard drive that they had. In the, um, it spanned the third to the fourth quarter. 
and it gave them a 23-14 lead. Essentially, it didn't put the game away because it did get a little dicey there, but it <laughs> essentially put the game away. But that just felt like, you know, talking to all the offensive linemen in the locker room, you ask them, like, is that, is that the dream drive for you guys? And every single one of them, like, yes, that's what we want to do, just – impose our will and you can just feel the defense start to break on a drive like that and we've seen that now two games in a row maybe early the run game wasn't going consistently but then they just stuck with it and stuck with it and they're throwing Michael Dunn and Yelda Froholt out there and they're they're making it work and eventually these defenses just wear down yeah that was a cool drive I mean it included uh, a 32 yard catch by Amari a 16 yard run uh, by Nick Chubb the six-yard keeper we talked about by Jacoby. So it had a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Nick, uh, Kareem Hunt couldn't really get untracked too well on that drive, but everybody else was able to uh, make some hay on, on that one. But I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention that this victory was achieved for the Browns without T.J. Watt, the best defensive player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year. The minute you heard that he was not going to be able to play in this game and maybe even be lost for the season, now it's going to be maybe six weeks or something like that. I mean, you just knew. like that would That's like taking Miles Garrett off the field. Yeah, It's exactly like taking Miles Garrett off the field. And it, it impacts your defense and the game tremendously. Nevertheless, it was a great win for the Cleveland Browns. They needed it. In, on so many levels, and they got what they came for. Yeah, and Ashley, you know, I mean, to, to be fair, the Browns, it's not T.J. Watt, but they didn't have Jadavian Clowney. So, yeah. it, you know, there was, there was at least that now. Again, Jadavian Clowney is not T.J. Watt. But I actually thought Miles today, despite not getting his sack to break the record, I thought had an impact in this game. Yeah, and you, I'm curious to see when we get all the – you know, the full numbers and the advanced stats and how how many pressures he had and things like that because we talk about how analytically teams really, really value those. Are they in the game book already? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just looking up quarterback hits yeah. to see. I, I know he had a couple, but I want to see what he had. Rolling podcast with. content. But no, I mean, <laughs> when we get all those advanced stats, we talk about what I was trying to say. Analytically, teams really value those now. Of course, we've talked about Bill Belichick's kind of long-winded answer from the from the offseason where he kind of went into why that is. And I think that's across the league. Any team who looks at analytics, how much they value those things because Miles Garrett just proved how much he can disrupt a game, even if he's not showing up in that sack column after the game in a box score. Um, and you did see it tonight. And I think, you know, offensively too, the other point just really quickly to mention is how complimentary these guys are playing 171 rushing yards and 220 passing yards. That's, you know, I think a, a good recipe to survive this early portion of the season, especially. Yeah, I, I do wonder if they're going to have to maybe start moving miles around or something because yeah. a, the Steelers were doing it today. I mean, there are just bodies all over him. And, look, every D-lineman deals with that. You know, T.J. Watt deals with it, Aaron Donald. You know, Micah Parsons is going to start dealing with it a lot more. But sometimes if you move these guys around, maybe you can make it a little harder on the offensive line. Two, it is interesting, you know, when Jadavian is back, we've already seen them kind of do that a little bit. Like, they'll play Jadavian and Miles and Alex Wright together, and we saw that, especially in Carolina. Miles was the one who moved inside. And, you know, those guys, like, like rushing from the inside. They feel like they have an advantage there a lot of times. 
Um, so I really am curious to see the, the different looks we get with them when Jadavian is back. Well, what was it Clowney said last year? He doesn't think guards aren't very athletic or oh. something like that. <laughs> Has he watched his own guards? <laughs> I, I, I know, right? <laughs> he's, I guess he's not wearing the offensive line shirt. I guess not. Can I just compliment George Pickens on one of the best catches <laughs> I've ever seen in my oh life? Oh, my gosh. I mean, my one-handed. goodness. He yeah. was horizontal. Yes. Completely. I want to watch one, the replay. One-handed, and he was like... Parallel that's, to the to the earth. That's the guy I was advocating for at 44. I will say that. I'll just put that reminder out there. <laughs> that's the upside. I mean, he's not there yet, but yeah. that's the that moment is like the upside. That's what you drafted, and and we know that the Steelers just know how to draft receivers. Yeah. So you know that guy's going to turn into like a thousand <laughs> yeah. yard guy. It's just such an Odell like oh, catch. Yeah, it was. yeah, wasn't it? Was. Lance Reisland, I think, even texted us that. Who does our film for us? Of course, he he texted us that it reminded him of Odell. Oh my I God. Think. It was it was unbelievable. It really. Yeah, was. Martin Emerson couldn't have done anything no. else on that play. Absolutely, it was not. incredible. Okay, uh, that'll do it for this Orange and Brown Talk podcast post game. We're going to come back with one on Friday, uh, get you through the weekend, and then we'll do a Hey Mary Kay for Tuesday morning. Um, so we're going to dive into this game a little bit more later, but it is very, very early in the morning here at First Energy Stadium. So we just wanted to get a quick pod out to everyone uh, for your drive into work on Friday morning. So uh, just make sure you're subscribed to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us reviews and say nice things about us. Uh, for Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.